Welcome to Beyond the Veil. This episode is brought to you in partnership with Soma Studio Venue, located in Nelson, British Columbia. I am here with Matthew Cosell, Cosmic Throat Singer, Sonic Alchemist, leading the global sound healing movement with his primal and soulful music. So Matthew, thank you for being here. And I've listened to your music. It is so beautiful. Uh, I'm really curious as to what has inspired the transition to your higher calling from a previous life as a rock bassist. And as you mentioned, you were a down and out rocker. Um, and you had this transition. I'm curious to know what that was for you and how it led you to do what you're doing today. Mm -hmm. Well, we've got a lot to unpack here. Thanks for having me, Tara. I really appreciate it and, and uh, really glad to be here. So to sum it up, pain is what uh, brought me to this uh, path. Um, I've been a spiritual seeker all my life. Uh, Grew up in a family that was pretty middle of the road in North American terms, as far as uh, we went to church every Sunday, and and uh, I always believed in you know a creator called it God. And um, when I was twelve years old, I had an experience where I now realized my crown chakra opened. I didn't know what was happening there, but it happened through that framework of the um christian uh, religion uh, as it was being practiced in in my family um however i've always been a questioning soul and uh i had a lot of questions that were unanswered and um didn't get the answers i was looking for uh things didn't add up with the way i saw scriptures being interpreted and um how the religion um framed spirituality and the spiritual quest so um and also there was a lot of conflict in my family i was the youngest of three boys in my nuclear family and uh uh yeah a lot of uh not fun things happening. <laughs> uh, and so breakdown in communication and uh, not being heard when I was speaking my needs, not being taken seriously. And um, I withdrew. And I also withdrew, withdrew from my family and withdrew from the religious framework that uh, had been presented to me. And so I uh, was had nothing to replace this with though. So I was without a spiritual path or practice through my teen years. And fortunately music really spoke to me and was my saving grace. It, it just gave me a glimpse of empowerment and a glimpse of higher realms. Um, I remember so many times just sitting in between the stereo speakers. We had this old 1960s, stereo console with a turntable and just sitting in between the speakers and just going to heaven you know <laughs> with the music and so I, I dabbled in different instruments growing up and uh, by the time i got into high school i, I took up guitar and singing and um, you know i wanted to recreate that that transcendent quality of music and also I had been around, you know, small situations, small social situations where someone had a guitar and was singing and I thought, oh, it's so, it just moved me so much. I like, I want to, I can do that. And uh, so I wasn't overly exceptionally talented at it or anything, but I, I had the passion for it. And so uh, after high school, I uh, studied music in university for two years. Uh, in the second year, I took up bass guitar. And uh, in my second year of university, I was studying, um, well, still studying music, uh, but I was living at home that year rather than on campus because my father was in the process of dying. 
And uh, I was very inspired by Jimi Hendrix. Well, still am, but I was really getting into him at that phase of my life. So I was reading the biography of Jimi Hendrix, and I was commuting uh, to school with uh, a friend, classmate, and bandmate. And uh, one day on the way to school, I was got out the book. We had an hour drive ahead of us. And my friend put in a tape of an album I hadn't heard before. And all of a sudden, I'm reading lyrics to a song that they're describing in the book. And I realized that Jimmy was singing the very words that I was reading in perfect timing. So it just, you know, that blew me out of the water. And I took it as a sign from God, Jimmy, or the universe, and uh, took a vow at that point that uh, whatever it takes, I'm going to do this. So um, I had no idea how hard and painful whatever it takes could turn out to be. But I did, uh, you know, I quit school after uh, that year and moved to the nearest big city, uh, Denver, Colorado at that time, uh, to join a rock band, join a working rock band. Uh, this was in 1982. So in those days, there was live music everywhere. In small towns and big cities, there were clubs, nightclubs, bars, everywhere had live music. That was a major form of entertainment. And so you could join a cover band playing other people's music and go on tour and eke out a living. And that's what I did. Um, and so a couple years into that, two or three years, uh, give or take, and I realized that's not going to get me where I really want to go. So I began um, working day jobs so I could have my evenings free to create music uh, and focus on writing and performing uh, original music. And um, that severely restricted or reduced the number of uh, potential venues to uh, share our music. But, you know, there were certain showcase clubs and, and special nights in, in town where we could uh, go um, share our, our original music. And that was a huge growing experience. And I uh, was went through a series of projects um, and the music kept getting better, but the bands kept breaking up. And <clears throat> my social circle was pretty small at that point. Usually, mostly it was my closest friends or around me were my bandmates. And a lot of these guys were super talented, but also had some, you know, issues they're dealing with, uh, some with addictions and whatnot. And so uh, as I'm progressing through my 20s, I, I was just in this very socially isolated place and spiritually isolated as well. I still hadn't found a, a, a real path or a way to connect. Um, after my father passed, though, you know, that life beyond this body was certainly on my mind. And um, so I was wanting to, you know, I had this deep burning desire to connect with source, to connect with my soul, with my heart. And I just didn't have a way. I knew I didn't want to go back to church. Um, I knew that much. Um, so I was going deeper and deeper into de depression. And uh, when I hit my later 20s, 27, 28, 29, it got really heavy. Uh, in astrology, they call that era of your life the first Saturn return. And it's very common to question your reason for existence at that time. And I was certainly full on into that. Why am I here? What do you want with me? You know, um, and so it got to such a low point that I didn't know if I could go on. And that low point was when I decided I just have to find a path. I don't know where, I don't know what, but I have to find it. And I know it's out there. It's, I saw it as out there somewhere. So I went to a bookstore, started looking around, and I found a book called Inner Power Secrets from Tibet and the Orient. And this spoke to me. 
I opened it up and I was reading about concepts like chi, prana, life force energy, connecting with these through the breath and with intention, um, meditation, and various uh, martial arts, energy cultivation exercises. And so I took, I bought the book and in the first chapter, they're talking about the seven base chakras. And as soon as I started reading that, you know, I realized here is something that's true. This is real because I have felt things in each of these areas, specifically relating to the impulses and the energies that they are describing. For example, base chakra. Every time I've been on the edge of a tall building and look over, I get a rush there right between my legs, you know, or looking over a cliff, it just lights up, um, you know, and on up. When they got to the crown chakra and talked about our connection to spirit, I realized, holy crap, <laughs> quoting a phrase, <laughs> ironic phrase there. Um, you know, that's what happened to me when I was 12. My crown chakra opened. And, you know, so I was all in there. And I also realized eventually that that commitment that I made that day as a 12 year old, that was real. And no one could take that away from me, regardless of whether it fit into any presupposed um, dogma or opinions about how things are structured in the higher realms and who creator is, what creator is, um, didn't matter. I made a soul commitment and, you know, it's mine. So this um, was a major breakthrough for me and gave me some hope and uh, something to work towards uh, and something to work with. Um, within a year of finding that book, I went into a metaphysical store for the first time. First time ever walking into one of these crazy little shops. And, and I walked in, as I went, came in the door, I walked into a wall of sound that I'd never heard before. It was really loud and then really deep, and it sounded kind of like voices. And I asked, what is this? And they said, it's Tibetan monks. And I said, what? I've got this book, Inner Power Secrets from Tibet and the Orient. I'd never heard of this, though. And so it was the recording of the Gyoto monks, an order of monks from Tibet who do this deep throat singing chant. And I didn't know what a mantra was. And I was intimidated by the sound, but I was also attracted at the same time. So I bought the tape and took it home. And I started to meditate to it. And it, it just felt oddly familiar. And um, so that was percolating in me as well. I was continuing on the path of, uh, you know, forming bands, building them up, watching them blow up. Uh, the music kept getting better. And uh, the, you know, the professional situation did not get better. It was just uh, more struggle and always, um, always felt like I was going against the flow. Um, <clears throat> and uh, for example, like I was doing more during a time when there's people, the glam bands with their big hair and spandex and, you know, I was doing more of a blues rock Hendrixy kind of thing. And uh, then, you know, then speed metal started to come in and I'm doing something that's more like, I don't know, progressive hard rock and not screaming like a demon. <laughs> Um, so yeah. And then my last band, uh, was called ironically called critical mass, but there's no mistakes here. And, uh, this is more of a kind of, I would describe it as progressive rock, but labels are just absolutely insufficient to describe music. I, I find, um, but, uh, yeah, I, to me, it was the pinnacle of the, my creative process at the, that point in my life. And also the vibe within the band, we were like four brothers and I love these guys, still love them today. And I still listen to the music. But uh, in the summer of 1994, I, uh, my day job at that time, I had been working for five years uh, as a manager, mostly day shifts at a very high dollar, big fancy 
uh, strip club. And, uh, and I'm like, I needed a job and long story, but uh, that's where I ended up. And it was a steady paycheck and the hours were right for me to have that room to uh, create music. Um, but, and, you know, I'm spiritually awakened to a degree enough to realize this is not where I need to be. And uh, I'm dealing with a lot of dark forces and I'm in this cauldron of the human shadow where all of the, you know, lower um, desires are being played out and, and uh, magnified. And uh, conscious and aware of energy and protecting myself energetically at that point. <clears throat> Looking back, I now know that I was also getting really good training and grounding, not just myself, but a space and a room full of people. Um, so that was like boot camp, grounding boot camp. And um, it turns out that there was much less violent incidents uh, on my shifts than when the other managers were working and even when we had uh bouncers on staff there's more trouble um they're holding a different space than me um, <clears throat> i was motivated uh strongly to uh study martial arts and train hardcore uh during that time uh because of the obvious threats to my well-being and people around me um so that helped me come in to deeper connection with, um, you know, my warrior self and the protector uh, archetype. But uh, anyway, I kind of digress there a little bit. In the summer of 1994, I uh, went camping and climbed a mountain, a mountain in South Park, Colorado, and uh, got to the top and I just blurted out without thinking, I wonder if there's any crystals around here. And I turned and there was this crystal shining in the sunlight waiting for me. And uh, I picked it up and I was just blown away and kind of felt like I was being watched. And my life changed in that moment because um, I, by the end of the day, I could hardly hold on to the crystal. I had it in my hand for most of the day. And by the that evening, I had to put it down because the, the energy was just so strong. It was just like, and um, so a few days later, I'm driving back to Denver thinking and saying out loud as I hold the crystal, I got to get out of there. I can't do this anymore. Getting really depressed thinking about going back to work in that environment. So I show up for work the following day and my boss was waiting outside the club with tears in his eyes because he really liked me and with my final check in his hand he was laying me off because he was losing money and couldn't afford to pay me anymore so i was immediately set free from that environment i had been uh, you know speaking out loud to the universe that it was time for me to move on but i didn't really have a plan other than i was attracted to healing arts and meditation i wanted a more holistic lifestyle and a more spiritual focus in my life I didn't know how I was going to make that bridge. <clears throat> so I guess life made it for me. Um, my band, Critical Mass, we were scheduled to go into the studio that night to record a demo. And we uh, had five nights scheduled and we did that. Uh, music sounded beautiful and the band broke up two months later. So found a crystal on a mountaintop in South Park. Changed your life. <laughs> <laughs> and uh yeah the ground fell away underneath my feet and um there i was standing there in the void wondering what's next and uh so i kind of floundered for a while but then i found my way into massage therapy school and started getting reiki training and got into meditation full-on and i quit music i put the bass away and um i wasn't even dabbling at that point. I was like, I'm done. This is it. I'm going this way. And um, I just felt like uh, humanity needs healing. And I'll start one body at a time. And, you know, I recognize, you know, the physical body is of the earth, we're connected to the earth, we're from the earth, we're part of the earth. And 
So my intention has always been, you know, to heal the earth through, you know, humans. And um, so once I started my practice, I cleared out all the furniture from my living room, threw up some uh, cushions and candles in the middle of the room, a few crystals, <laughs> and started leading guided meditations. And um, it worked. <laughs> Uh, we were going into really deep connection and people were having some extraordinary experiences. It turned into a um, twice a month thing. It was just ongoing. And I still have very good friends that I met for the first time when they walked into my living room in my bachelor apartment in the middle of uh, Denver, Colorado uh, during those days. Well, as I was leading these guided meditations, um, eventually... You know, English language is pretty limited when we get into the spiritual realm. So at some point, uh, words weren't enough to convey what I was felt like needed to come through. So I started to ohm. And I'd been playing with my voice and playing with ohm and um, hearing the harmonics present in the voice. Um, I didn't expect that people would respond so strongly to it when in the meditation, but they did and told, immediately told me how they felt it moving through them, around them and feeling their energy shift. So that sparked my interest and, and uh, I'm still listening to this recording, the Tibetan monks and every once in a while trying to figure out oh, oh, how do they do that? Oh, <laughs> it wasn't working, <clears throat> but um, eventually uh, I was able to reproduce that sound, the deep throat singing sound of the Tibetan style. And that really lit a fire under me. And um, so as I continued to play with the voice and, and with the transmission of the sound for spiritual connection, and also I was starting to incorporate it into my you know private healing sessions, uh, I started to hear melodies. And so music snuck back into my life through the healing arts, through the meditation and um, yeah. And the pain that was driving me to find a way to connect and to dig deeper into myself, to find how I plug into the universe and where I belong, my place in that. Um, and here we are. <laughs> <laughs> Wow, there are a few things I want to unpack with that. That was fantastic. And I can relate to so many of those uh, moments where, yeah, questioning where we are, who we are, our path in life, and then just having something, some synchronicity show up in, in our life all of a sudden to just say, ah, look over here, or how about this? And then all of a sudden just opens up something within you, which is really cool. And it just listening to your story, it's, it's such a testament to understand our life from a bigger perspective and we can get so granular and so fixated on what isn't working or the problems in our life and get stuck where when we take a step back and we look at our greater timeline I mean, hearing your whole story is just this beautiful flow of experiences that are leading have led you to where you are today but i'm sure in some of those moments you were not feeling very <laughs> very clear right yeah. And so it's, it's so fascinating how that happens. And I, I go through it myself looking back and, and then seeing, oh, yeah, you you had that training ground in that space or in that that work environment to hold that space for others. And it, it led you and all these these experiences that we can encounter that build our build us, build our skill sets, build our talents in, in very obscure ways that we can bring into the future, bring into the present moment. So it's really, really awesome. And I'm curious, this might get a little bit personal, so I hope you're okay with the question, but sure. this is something that I have had to work through myself. And I related to your past experience that you mentioned with your family growing up, not being seen, not being heard. Um, that was something I also experienced, but it also played into the challenges that I've had to face speaking in front of people. And so I'm curious because you're you have the your throat singer that's one of your <clears> skills and to to channel your voice to heal others and to resonate with others. So did you have any barriers that you were facing personally or even just in your throat chakra area? I'm curious as 
as to if anything showed up for you in that way. Yeah, um, <clears throat> just taking the leap as a, you know, I guess as a teenager to pick up a guitar and sing in front of people mm -hmm. was a huge leap into or just like jumping into the sticking my head in the lion's mouth. Right. right? <laughs> right? Yeah. Um, and um, so I just knew I wanted to do it. And I didn't really I wasn't thinking of, OK, this will enable me to speak more freely to other people or in front of people. But that was a, a, a long term effect. And um, <clears throat> yeah, as I started to get more confidence in that, um, you know, it's kind of easier when you have a wall of sound behind you and a backing crew, you know, you have a band and you can like belt out tunes um, and you're in a bar where people are drinking and partying. And, and so um, that was less um, confrontational to my ego, I guess. Um, but um, singing and chanting in a more intimate environment where, for example, in a meditation or in a one-on-one -on -one healing session, that also was a huge leap into uh, the unknown. And sound healing was not a common frame or a common term or the, something that most people had even heard of um, back when I, I started uh, delving into these waters. Um, and so, yeah, it was pretty out there. And so <clears throat> just having that courage to, uh, I just had to find it within myself. Like if I was doing a one-on-one -on -one healing session, I would just maybe at the beginning wait till the massage and energy session was over and say, hey, I'm doing something else I can give to you or offer you and or do you want to try this? And um, so I'd throw it in there then. And, you know, the feedback was usually positive. And um, so yeah just i found the openings the the entry points those little cracks in reality where i could slip in there and let it grow <clears throat> and like like water taking that path of least resistance and it can go into the cracks between the rocks and open them up you know and, and it moves with the temperature changes as the environment changes and if those water freezes it presses the rocks out and breaks them down opens them up even more so uh yeah i guess i was being like water and finding those those openings um and yeah I, you know it was crazy that i just thought okay i'm gonna lead guided meditations now i'd never i didn't have any experience with that but um something that urge inside me was there and so i'm going to give it a try sometimes uh you know people would be coming into my living room and in the back of my mind i'm like i have no idea what i'm going to do <laughs> what am i going to say and i'd sit there and once we were all in place and just tell announce to the universe or to the creator <clears throat> uh i don't know what to say so i'm not gonna say anything until you show me something or give me some clue and so something would come eventually and uh, we never sat in silence the whole time <laughs> so, <laughs> um, <clears throat> so all these things helped to open up my throat chakra and and i feel like um, now i recognize that working with harmonics and overtones which are already present in our voice but finding ways to amplify them by changing the shape of my biological instrument um, that also helps to break away to chip away at the shielding that we put in front of the throat chakra and that restricts our communication our higher expression and i see now i believe that all forms of expression both verbal and nonverbal, voice activated and non-voice activated, all forms of expression do run through this throat chakra. And so uh, as I have taken students and taught workshops and helping people to find the expansion of their voice through the harmonics and the overtones, that it, um, some people start doing things that they've wanted to do forever, but 
were holding back on or procrastinating on or didn't feel the courage to break out and, and do and they just suddenly they're free so um <clears throat> that whole process of being giving myself permission to explore my voice um you know first in private and then taking that in public and uh having that interaction with other people um has been a steady empowerment of, of the voice and the fact that i can you know just be here with you um uh, speaking to thousands of people perhaps uh through this podcast um and sharing vulnerable parts of myself uh is testament to that uh of how strongly it works when we start the process and continue to move forward into the unknown um and and face our shadow yes yes thank you i love that perfect um this is a good segue actually to go into the mechanics of throat singing so we'll we are going to go back into the shadow there's a lot to unpack here so i'm trying to keep it a bit focused but um I remember hearing Mongolian throat, throat singers about 15 years ago, and I fell in love <clears throat> with the sound. And uh, I remember at the time I, I was working in a, in marketing, actually, I was working in a digital marketing agency and there was a sound specialist um, in, in the company who would, who would, he'd create the sound for a lot of the marketing campaigns and whatnot. And, and he gave me the whole rundown on the, on the mechanics, like the actual physical mechanisms that were happening to create that sound and i'd love for you to break it down a little bit if you're able um for those watching and listening because it's quite fascinating sure <clears throat> excuse me um first of all uh throat singing aka overtone singing some people will try to delineate oh this is this is true throat singing this is overtone singing whatever we're we're expanding the um we're making more available to the human ear the overtones that are present in the human voice. We all are creating harmonics and overtones with our voice anytime we speak or vocalize in any way. Um, so first I need to explain what an overtone or a harmonic is. These are interchangeable terms. They mean the same thing. The, uh, a good analogy is if we pluck a string on a stringed instrument, let's say a guitar, and we our ears register the pitch this is the note that the string is tuned to and so that is the fundamental tone that we're recognizing um, and it's created by waves the string is moving through space and it's creating these waves in in space and our the, those waves hit our eardrums and we detect it as vibration and it's translated into sound in our brain in our consciousness so those waves that are moving from the source of the sound, they double in frequency and then continue to multiply into infinity. So these multiplications of the fundamental tone are the harmonics or overtones. It's like additional notes stacked on top of the fundamental tone. And they, uh, to the typical listener, this is, provides the color of different instruments. That's why you can tell the difference between, let's say, a clarinet and a guitar playing the same note. There might be the fundamental might be on the same pitch, but you can tell the profile of the sound is different. That's because they each create harmonics in different um, magnitude through that harmonic series. So as a throat singer, overtone singer, we are shaping the sound we're bending the sound by changing the shape of the biological instruments and to amplify specific overtones or harmonics so they're more audible to the human ear as i said they're already present like uh, i'm speaking right now and there's overtones happening and if i just went uh the overtones are right there right in that speaking range that's it's all there we just don't hear it we don't recognize it but as I bend the sound, then I can amplify the frequencies that I'm choosing and they become, they sound like additional voices singing along with the fundamental tone. Now, the deeper sounds that throat singers do, and which I first heard in the Tibetans, and you also hear, <clears throat> for example, Mongolians and Tuvan throat singers, 
they call it Kagada or Kagada. Um, that's their term for it. And there are many traditions of uh, throat singing around the world, which I was until recently unaware of, but it turns out it's, there's, it's all over the globe. But uh, this particular low undertone is created by activating the ventricular folds in the throat. And the ventricular folds are adjacent to the vocal cords. The vocal cords are basically vertical. They're two membranes, tiny little membranes in your voice, and they're slapping together. And they slap together so fast, it sounds like a continuous tone. A lot of us who've played with our voice <clears throat> might do this, uh, and slow it down, and you can hear the individual slaps of the vocal cords. A lot of singers will do that now in pop music. <clears throat> they call it the vocal fry, where it sounds like they're tired. Uh, no, <clears throat> sorry, my voice isn't warmed up. Uh, yeah, hear them kind of to color the tone or to add emotion to their tone, their voice, <clears throat> that they're slowing down the vocal cords. So anyway, that's what the vocal cords do. They're slapping together really fast. Um, the ventricular folds are on either side of the vocal cords. And we normally don't activate them unless we're clearing the throat <coughs> or coughing. <coughs> That's when they activate. So um, a, a person doing this throat singing technique will finds a way to activate the ventricular folds along with the vocal cords and relax everything else around the ventricular folds so you're not creating undue tension on the vocal cords and destroying your voice and you get a sound <clears throat> let's see if this comes through get a sound something like that um yeah we'll see if that translates in the recording that's um, great yeah but that's how that sound is created and uh for me i just run with that and i can sh with all the other techniques that i learned of overtone singing throat singing i can take that multiple multi-tonal sound and shape it and uh, undulate it and make it expand and contract and swoop all over the place and I think the uh, the mechanics of how that interacts with our psyche um, is the way that the overtones are created are in geometric proportion or mathematical proportion. That's it's really all all of this universe is sound. All of the physical form in the universe is an expression of sound. That everything is vibrating. The energies of some subatomic particles particles because they're really a, a wave are vibrations that appear and disappear and so there's this rhythm and movement at every level of existence from you know the micro to the macro and the sound mirrors that structure of creation and so nature has its own um, ratios the golden mean ratio the phi ratio the fibonacci all these patterns that repeat themselves from the smallest to you know realms up into the galaxies and how the universe is structured and we our body mind spirit recognizes that structure that harmony and um i think there's a, a, a an opportunity with exposure to that for healing to occur um, but beyond the mechanics of the sound itself are a, a greater factor is um, the emotional state of whoever is creating these sounds. Um, you know, you can feel if you walk into a room where it's not safe, you know, if there's an unsafe person in there or uh, if someone is really loving, they have an open heart because the heart is emitting an electromagnetic pulse that is thousands of times stronger than that of the brain. And this can be felt, it can be measured with our primitive technology, uh, you know, off the body. And I'm sure, you know, as we develop the technology and contribute or continue to um, develop the technology, we'll find even finer um, 
manifestations of this phenomenon of the heart emitting uh, uh, electromagnetism and maybe other forms of energy. But we now know that when we're in a higher emotional states of love, gratitude, rapture, awe, appreciation, then it's like turning up the volume and there's a coherence to the waves. In other words, the peaks, the peaks and the troughs of a wave are equal. They're symmetrical. Whereas if we're in anger, uh, fear, jealousy, you know, vengeance, um, then it's like turning down the volume, less amplitude, and it's static. It's, it is incoherent frequencies. So I always tell people like, yeah, I have all these crazy acoustic instruments and I do all these sounds with my voice. The main instruments right here, right here, <laughs> it's my heart. And that is what entrains whatever I'm doing with the voice, whatever I'm doing with an external instrument, um, that's where the magic is. And um, yeah, I see uh, a lot of people think it's something that you do, but it's really more a state of being. Yeah, yeah, I can hear it in your music. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, so just as we start to uh, conclude here, I'd love to hear your thoughts or your your insight on us being our inner guide, our inner healer, if you will. We did touch on it before we jumped into this conversation. Um, you know, and and we were talking about how it's it's very common to look externally for answers, um, or even look externally as the external being the problem or being the the challenge in our life. So maybe take us through that and how sound can i think you already did touch on it but even if you want to connect it with that aspect of ourselves yeah um of course you know i believe we've our soul lives eternally and we most likely take form take lives here many many times and perhaps we've left breadcrumbs on the trail we have to do the work ourselves and no one can um, magically touch us and heal everything in our in our lives. We have to be willing to face um, and deal with whatever um, whatever is hurting us, whatever is taking us off our center, whatever is distracting us from our connection to source to the source of everything. You know when we can get glimpses of that connection then we're bringing coherence into our body and into our lives um what is coherence it's that that just like that example of the uh wave coming off the heart when we're in the higher emotional state there's symmetry to it we know now that nature has its own vibration its own patterns that are obviously creating harmony to have this living biosphere that provides everything, including this, the elements of our bodies and everything that sustains us. And yet we've, with our technology, we've created this uh, artificial <clears throat> energy field. You know, we see it in radio waves, television, um, you know, Wi-Fi, cell phones, radar, whatever other surveillance technologies are out there. And also as humans, we're being affected by the destruction of the biosphere. Since we are, our bodies are of the earth, whether we were conscious of any, you know, deforestation or not, our bodies are feeling it because it's part of the earth. What we do to the earth, we're doing to ourselves. And so there's a collective anxiety and things are changing so rapidly. So there's, you know, and of course, war and all types of uh, horrific abuse that humans are doing to each other, we're all affected by this consciously or not. And so these are all incoherent frequencies. And when we can bring coherence through a consciously directed, coherent sound, then it creates 
um, a gather, <clears throat> a gathering, a gathering point, a rallying point for coherence to open up an, an oasis amongst the chaos. So, um, in a let's say in a small gathering um, or in a large concert, you know, my position is to open that door. I call myself a glorified doorman. <laughs> <laughs> Let me open the door for you, or let me show you to the door, right. like Morpheus said in the in the uh, mm. in the in the in the Matrix. He said, "You know, I can only show you the door. You have to walk through it, right. or not. Yeah. It's up to you." Um, so yeah, I'm a doorman, and um, so my job is to mind my connection, to go into my heart, remember why I'm doing what I'm doing, and to go into that space. The music just helps me go deeper into that rapture. Um, just, it just does. And so um, then people who are present, they feel that vibe too, they can do it as well. And so it just starts to pop and it happens so quickly that the energy in a room will shift like that. And <clears throat> people can, some people will go super deep, like right off the bat. People who thought they couldn't meditate, suddenly they're in some other space that they've never experienced before. And, you know, I don't consciously control where everyone goes, but um, it's been um, really humbling to, to get the feedback consistently uh, in different parts of the world and to people with different cultures and different walks of life um, that, you know, how profound the experience can be for people and whether it's a physical, you know, somatic experience and feeling energy move through the body, sometimes even pain showing up and then disappearing, um, or, you know, having dreams or visions or realizations. Um, it's just off the charts. And, um, you know, I forgot what the original question was. I think you got it. <laughs> you did well. Okay. <laughs> you did well. I'm going into so, that space. It's all good. I know. I was feeling it over here. So, <laughs> um, okay. So, just as we finalize here, for those who are searching for their path and for those who feel like they have a higher calling and are in the in-between stages of that, uh, their, their, the life they've been living, but wanting something more, what pearl of wisdom can you offer them? This came to me in a dream once when I uh, uh, was on Hornby Island in, in BC alone for a night. Um, first time there in the middle of the woods, standing outside of a caravan where I was going to spend the night, and I just prayed, okay, angels, guides, nature spirits, God, whoever, if you want to talk to me, now's a good time. I had this dream and someone was talking to me, like giving me all this information. And I started to become lucid within the dream, and which was causing me to wake up. And the last thing they said to me before I opened my eyes was, find the entry point. And when I woke up, find the entry point. What else did they say? I couldn't remember anything else. But with time, I realized that the entry point can be next breath. It can be your next thought. It can be any pore in your skin. It can be any moment in time. It can be any frequency. All you 432 hertz people. <laughs> <laughs> it can be any sound. It could be the next song you hear on the radio in your car. It can be a little snippet of overheard conversation in public, the entry point is everywhere. It can be in any atom or any subatomic particle, but the entry point is all around us. And if you just shift your awareness to look for the entry point into your infinite self, seek and you will find. Knock and the door will open. There you go. Thank you so much, Matthew. And so how can people find you? You have events, you have music available as well on your website, Spotify, YouTube. I'll leave links, but if there's anything else you'd like to add. 
Um, I do teach uh, um, vocal activation through throat singing and overtone singing. And I feel it's really important that we collectively uh, reclaim our voice, our true voice, and um, activate the throat chakra. Uh, it can help energy move from our lower centers up to the higher centers and help us make the, the connections that we need. So um, I'm teaching in-person workshops vocal activation throat singing. I have one coming up in uh, Surrey um, in a couple of weeks, but there will be more. Um, in the interior, I'll be going back to the Okanagan and to Vancouver Island. Um, eventually I'll be touring again. So wherever I go in the world, um, I'll try to arrange times to have at least a, a two day immersion into exploration of the voice. And um, I usually keep the classes small, like maximum 20 people, so I can give everyone individual attention and feedback, and also do transmissions directly into the throat chakra to help activate. Um, I'm working on an online course, so that will be hopefully coming you know, within the year, um, online course to help um, for this process, because I can't be everywhere all at once, physically, not yet anyway, <laughs> working on it. <laughs> Um, and, um, yeah, so currently my website is om shaman, O-M-S-H-A-M-A-N.com. Uh, I'll be switching it over to matthewcosell.com, but either way, if you just Google my name, uh, I'll show up like magic on your screen and, uh, you can find me. So seek and you will find. <laughs> yes, Exactly. Wonderful. Thank you again. That was wonderful. That was beautiful. And uh, Matthew Cosell, everyone. So look him up. And um, I look forward to seeing what you're going to be unfolding in the future. Thank you so much. I really appreciate being here. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you for joining another episode of Beyond the Veil. Make sure to find me over on TikTok, YouTube, and Instagram. And keep an eye open for more episodes as we dive into the depths beyond the veil.